Hello, and welcome to another episode of Academy Outcasts. I am your host, Morgan Spatola. And I am your co-host, Thomas Jernigan. Morgan, you sound... you sound good. Thomas, you also sound very good. Well, I look good, so it would be natural to assume that I sound good. Some might say you have a face for radio. It's almost like watching the movie last week, we got a clue about how to record better. I did a bad job on that. Well, you know what? Let's give you another crack at that one. I'll, let's let's go ahead and we'll leave it in just okay. so they can show the progression sure, sure. of how you went from an absolute crap joke to whatever you're about to... <laughs> All right, one more again. All one, right. One more again. Okay. It's almost as though we've gotten a clue about how to be... Do better. Wait, okay, so you're sticking with the same <laughs> joke, but you're just like putting a different like influx on a certain word. All right, well, we got I thought a new- you were gonna like go a whole different approach. <laughs> we got a new route. radio, or no, shit. We got a new radio. We got a new microphone, is what I'm trying to say. I'm radio. Um, yes, we got a new microphone. But anyway, Thomas. Um, um, it's Morgan, right? It okay, is. Okay. What's up? The Winter Olympics are upon us once again. Curling. Curling, Yay. everybody's favorite cult sport. Go Japan. So I wanted to play. Are they really good at curling? See, I I, I guess so, but like, why would you assume that like J- Japan is good at curling? Like, you wouldn't they have think ice. that. I don't really have ice, but you'd think like Sweden or like Switzerland or like Russia would be good at that kind yeah, of crap. Yeah, but the Jamaicans are the best bobsledders, so it's like, what do you even want? So I wanted to play a game in honor of the 2018 Winter Olympics. I don't play games. An anyway, Olympic game, if you will. Yeah, I don't play games. Um, so here's the game that we're going to play. I, I've had enough of games after Clue, okay? Because Aww. Morgan forced me to play that game three freaking times. And she would roll twice and then guess what was in the envelope. I got really excited about Clue. And I'm like, it's not the way it works. You got to roll a little bit more times but and I make check marks. But I won every single time. No, she cheated. No, she cheated. I did not cheat. I won. Like she would get into one room and be like, okay, I know who it is. I'm like, Morgan, you do not know who Murder it is. Murder isn't fair, okay? Murder isn't fair? Yeah, so the game Clue doesn't have to be fair either. Okay, all right. <laughs> so here's the game. I'm going to read you... A winter sport. Okay. A, an Olympic winter sport. And you tell me if it's an actual Olympic winter sport or not. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. The first one. Skeleton. Skeleton? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? I'm thinking no. Eh, wrong answer. Skeleton is an Olympic sport. What is it? So think about bobsledding. Okay. And then think about what's the next one from bobsled? Luge, right? Luge. Luge, which is like a stripped down bobsled where they sit on it and it's just one person. Skeleton is a stripped down luge where they go face first laying on their stomach on two little skinny rails down the track. What a way to, you know. Die. Yeah. Okay, All right. I would not have guessed that. Skeleton. Next, super giant slalom. Slalom? Mm-hmm. Well, now I just think you're making up words, but I'm going to go ahead and trust my gut and say no. Wrong! Okay. Super giant slalom is an Olympic sport. Yikes. It's called the Super G for short, and it Say combines slaloming, which is a ski technique, with the incredible speed of downhill skiing. Okay, the next... Extreme teen ice jump. 
teen ice jump. Mm-hmm. Like only teenagers can ice the jump the ice. Yes, extreme teen ice jump. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. No, <laughs> I made that one up. <laughs> only teenagers are out here. This one is where you ski, and, but a horse pulls you on the skis, and it's called skioring. Yeah, okay, well, I will lose all hope in the Olympics if that's a real one. So, no. So, this one was a trick, because <laughs> kind of is the answer. Kind of, okay. So, skioring was a showcase sport. So, showcase sports happen in the Olympics where a where the country that is hosting wants to showcase, like, a regional sport that they do. Okay. And skioring was a showcase sport in 1928, so for just one year. So it wasn't actually for a medal or anything. It was just something that they showcased in the Olympics one year in 1928. But it is a real thing. Yikes. Okay, great. Just not an Olympic thing. Next. What's this podcast about again? Synchronized skating. That's a made-up myth. People don't know how to synchronize. Wait, really? Synchronized skating, yes or no? Like swimming, but skating? Mm Mm-hmm. Do they have the little caps too? Like, no, like ice skating. I know, like ice skating, but it'd well, be cool if they I'm had sure the they same could caps. wear caps if their costume designer wanted them to wear caps, and right? Like little like onesie um, swimsuits. Yes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I've never seen that in my life, and I'm very, I'm a very avid um, Itonia fan, so um, I'm going to say yes, that's a real thing. Correct. Yeah. It was a real thing. I don't think it's actually in the Olympics anymore, but uh-huh. it totally was. Next, snow volleyball. So, like, the volleyball's made out of snow? No. Wait, how would that work? It would break. Or it, it no, would be so firm that it would hurt. They're playing volleyball in the snow. Oh. That's neat. I yes like or that. no? Hang on, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. I think I would prefer that than regular volleyball because I don't like being hot. Thinking, yeah. You are correct. Snow volleyball is a sport in the Olympics for the very first time this year. I literally can't believe it. Okay. Anyway, what's this podcast about again? Well, I mean, we, we go from fast food to apparently Olympics. So, yes, this is a movie about, or a podcast about movies. There you go. A movie Ooh. about podcasts. Let's make a movie about podcasts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, probably I feel like no one will watch it. Um, yeah, I give you a list, and you tell me whether you've seen the movie or not. I give yeah. a brief summary, and then you say, oh, that movie seems interesting. And last episode... <laughs> Last episode, it was kind of a birthday celebration that we did for you. So I picked a genre that was to your liking, which Mm -hmm. was comedies. Yay, comedies. comedies. But now your birthday's over. No. We're going to take you a little bit out of your comfort zone. I know. I know. And so now we have a list of which the genre is... Kind of scary movies. Scary movies! Yay! Which Morgan adores. Which I say that with all... Um, what's your favorite word again? Facetious. Facetiousism. Uh-huh. Facetiousness. Facetiousness. Is that what? Or facetious? It's facetiousness, not fascism. What? Fa- fascia. I wasn't going there, but I was going to say an, an ism on a facetious. No. Facetiousism. Or whatever. Well, I don't really like scary movies at all, so let's... <laughs> 
Let's get this over. Let's get this done and over with. But there are some. I mean, if it gets a little too scary, then you can, you know, cover your eyes and do what everybody does, where they cover their eyes, but then they spread their fingers. I don't. I just cover my eyes and I don't actually look at all. Okay. At all. So anyway, Morgan's birthday is over. So therefore, I'm not going to be nicer anymore. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I like my co-host at times. Um, so, all right. Well, are you ready for the first kind of scary movie? None of them were too bad. I didn't put The Exorcist on, you know, the list. That would have been a little too much. I wanted to put The Ring on there because that's probably one of the better scary movies ever made, Gore Verbinski. Oh. Um, but you've already seen The Ring, haven't you? No. Oh, you haven't? Of course not. I might have to, like, last minute. No. Oh, the ring is so good. No more adjustments. It's so good. Not going to watch it. Oh, man. Okay, well, that's that. uh, an honorable notion to the ring. We won't put it on the list, but honorable notion to the ring, because that is by far one of the best uh, horror films ever made. All right. Hit me with that list. Let's get this over with. Jeez, okay. All right. First one. Um, kind of a cult classic kind of deal in the 80s. Uh, makeup was amazing. Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, The Fly. No, I've never seen it. What is <laughs> it about? But have you heard of it? No. You've never heard of The Fly? No. You Okay, really though? Yeah, really. Okay, so David Cronenberg directed Eastern Promises and History of Violence, a number of other movies. Um, and it's basically about a scientist, uh, Jeff Goldblum, who wants to come up with a transporting um, uh, device or whatever. Mm-hmm. And something goes astray. Mm-hmm. And then he has a genetic mutation. And you see his kind of roller coaster and ultimate decline into this creature. Second one. Uh, oh, this is funny. The first one was the fly. The second one is also kind of an insect name. Uh-huh. Oh, I love Morgan's face and expression. My when face I'm going is over this. yeah, it's just stuck <laughs> in a bad face right now. Is, is and this will also be a good one for you because again, it, none of these are violent. Let me just say this: none of these are like you know, oh, they're she's getting like you know filleted while hanging on a hook or something like Ugh. that. This is we're not I'm not going to put any Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like so this is a good one. Um, PG thirteen. Okay. Okay. Um, Richard Gere, Lord uh-huh. Linney, which I, I love that pair because they were also in Primal Fear. Oh, damn it. Primal Fear would have been a great one to put on this list. Shoot. Well, I'm glad you did. I really want to alter this list. As no. I, so, okay, another honorable. You can't alter it. Another honorable mention, uh, Primal Fear. Okay, Primal Fear in the ring. Anyway, okay, so the next one, The Mothman Prophecies. No, but I know I know about the Mothman. Ooh, do you? Yeah, the Mothman is a cryptid from Huntington, West Virginia, and he showed up like in the 1960s or 70s and was like, "The bridge is gonna fall," and then like the bridge fell, and it's like a not. true story kind of. And yeah. then they made a movie about it. So yeah, that's a movie. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever saw the Mothman again. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. No, the Mothman who lives on Drury Lane. Does the Mothman live on Drury Lane too? Yeah, he does. Next to the Muffin Man. <laughs> That's how he gets his energy to have like a foresight future. Free muffins. Thing. Yeah. Those it's just these really good muffins. These special muffins oh, that man. make them. You know, anyway, so the Mothman Prophecies, great movie. Chapstick. Anyway. Um, what? So, <laughs> okay, so second one, which I think this is actually the third time this movie has made its way onto the list. Oh my God. I want you to see it so freaking badly because you would relate to it and its main villain 
not main villain, but secondary villain. Uh, um, which is, are you saying I'm a villain? No, well, sometimes, but hey. um, no, just the way that you work in your room and your office. And no, your... I'm not watching Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. No. You'd love it, Clarice. No. Hello, Clarice. I'm not watching it. Oh my god, but you'd love it. See, this is a good. Another... And I'm not a cannibal. Ew. I ate his liver with some fava beans and Gross. a nice Chianti. Ew. Anyway, you should you should watch that <laughs> fourth one. Which I was I was hesitant to put on this list, and I should have maybe put Primal Fear, but and then I always I thought you had seen the ring, so I put but here was one that was it was a new it's a newer movie. Uh it's uh basically the Amityville horror um hauntings, and uh we basically go into the kind of demonic side of it more so than the just the the killings and the blah 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 or whatever but it's more of um the prota- <clears throat> the protagonists are these two kind of uh um tr- uh oh my god i can't even think of the the net it starts with a c and it's like you can like see things um clairvoyant clairvoyant there you okay. go i was gonna say like translucent but that's obviously <laughs> not the thing um so clairvoyant i have translucent I have powers translucent powers. you can kind of see through you're kind of see through right now <laughs> <laughs> yes anyway um uh, so <laughs> it's like one of those like uh superpowers that you shared with me that oh like a useless superpower yeah, oh like, my like, god you can speak to fruit or you know you can like elevate it an inch off the ground or something like that the power of translucent Oh my god, I'm, I love it. Anyway, okay. go. <laughs> anyway, that's <so>. awesome. <laughs> anyway, go on. Didn't do a good elevator pitch. I guess I should improve on that. If now I, I want to hear about your your <laughs> treatment for the the superhero that can be translucent. <laughs> How do you do it? It's like hollow. It was like Hollow Man, but not really. Anyway, all right. Semi Hollow Man. Semi Hollow Man. Anyway, everybody run. Anyway, all right. Well, I just butchered that elevator <laughs> pitch. But anyway, it's uh, the Conjuring. Oh, you've heard of it, right? I, yeah, I yes. have. Okay, so it's no, I'm good. You're <laughs> good. You got to pick one of these. No. Anyway, so the fifth one is a movie that's very, very special to me, and the reason why it's so special is because, like many of these, like kind of classic horror films, behind the camera and like on set in real life, a lot of freaky crap went down. Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Ugh. Great movie, great movie. So this is this I feel like is actually a decent one for you because it's very subtle and you only get like little bitty hints that something fishy is happening, something whatever. But again, it's never just like you know, oh, it's it's again, none of these are gory except maybe Silence of the Lambs, um, which you've already apparently made it clear that you're never seen, which is a shame. Um, but like this is it is very you know slow development. It's still very entertaining, and for a movie that came out in the '60s, it still kind of keeps your attention. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies where at the end of it, you're just like, what just happened? Which is always a great payoff in a movie. So those are my five kind of scary movies for you. I can't believe you're doing this to me. <laughs> anyway. Yay! So let's recap. It's okay. I'll be here for you. <laughs> Go on. Just sleep with the lights on tonight. Um, okay. So let's... <laughs> She's giving me dirty looks right now. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So recap of the list of Morgan's favorite list is The Fly. The Mothman Prophecies, Silence of the Lambs, The Conjuring, Rosemary's Baby. (laughs) 
<laughs> Still, the dirty looks are just unsurmountable. I guess since I have to do one for artistic integrity or whatever. Sounds the lamp. No. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with the fly because it has Jeff Goldblum in it. Really? And I like him. Out of all of those, the fly, you sure? What? Don't say that. <laughs> Am I gonna get? I'm gonna get scared. No, 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 you won't. Then Why no, are you it's... saying that? The other ones sound more scary. Really, the Mothman Prophecies and Rosemary's Baby. Yes, those sound scary. Isn't Lim- like Rosemary's Baby one of the scariest movies of all time, or something? No, it's just one of the best movies of all time. Well, let me say this with the fly: it is very makeup heavy, so therefore, it might be a little gory. Yeah, so if oh, I can deal with body horror. Body horror? What the hell is yeah, body horror? That freaky shit. Okay. <laughs> so, like, gory violence is not no, a thing. Not but gory, like... but where it's like molded weird and weird body parts okay. and stuff. Like, I can handle that. Okay. I made a weird crunchy motion with my hands. and. Um. Okay. Well, I, I'm a little surprised that you picked the fly. I thought it was going to be um, Mothman or Rosemary's Baby, but. Um... Yeah, okay, well, the fly. We'll do the fly then. Unless you want to change your mind. Is that your final answer? I don't know. We'll do Rosemary's Baby. Roman Polanski, you want to do Rosemary's Baby? No. Okay. Let's go watch. <laughs> I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. weird hairs that were growing out of your back I had them analyzed but they were definitely not human if you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially no you're afraid to be destroyed and recreated aren't you you're changing Seth everything about you is changing oh no what's happening to me am I dying I want to know what's going on what does the disease want wants to turn me into something else oh no a fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when i was alone don't go back to it could be contagious Uh, i'm afraid don't be afraid no be afraid be very afraid Well, I hated that. Yeah, I kind of did too. <laughs> I, I wish you picked a better movie, The Fly. I don't you even put know. it on the list. I know, I shouldn't have put it on the list. So as we were speaking, I was noting, list, basically listing off like five different notable honorary uh, mentions. And I should have oh, right. picked like 
The Thing or The Ring or maybe even Cape Fear or, or a number of other like, you know, kind of uh, horror films that should have made the list, but I somehow landed on the fly. And of course, of course, you picked that one. Well, okay, so that all being said, I tried to pick the least scary scary sounding one, and I think I did, but I probably also picked the grossest one. I mean, oh, by far, by far you did. Oh, it's disgusting. Okay, hang on, so let me ask you this. If you recall... The list, which I doubt you do, but uh, which of the movies on the list did you actually think sounded the scariest? Other than the Sands of the Lambs. Mm, probably Rosemary's Baby or Conjuring. So you, that was one of the least scary movies? No, that, I think those sounded oh, like the, the most scariest. scary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mothman Prophecies probably wouldn't have been scary either, but like... Also it just probably would have been a little spooky. less makeup heavy. Yeah. And a little less blood and pus. Ugh. And Ugh. Just like decay Ugh. heavy. Which this so un- here's, movie undoubtedly was. Yeah, so here's the thing. So he so we'll I'll recap it in a second, but he does decay into another creature, right? Mm, His yeah. human form breaks open into a different creature. But as he's decaying, there's a lot of pus involved yeah and like pus slash mucus like like okay like everyone has like their thing that like disgusts them like even people that like don't usually get disgusted by things like they have their one thing yeah that's my one thing so i picked what's the movie, your one thing mucus and mucus, and mucus and pus okay. yeah well, so, or what, mostly just mucus but he it was a very mucus heavy disgusting well, now hang on L- let me ask you this because gross. i feel like a lot of your rationale behind picking the fly was I think you actually said, I'm okay with body decay. How does body decay I, not dictate pus and mucus? I said body horror. Oh. And when I What's said... What's body horror then? Well, basically that. But when I said it, I was thinking more of like blood and not mucus. <laughs> I just wasn't thinking of mucus and pus. Not like things falling off, not ripping no, off fingernails. I don't know. Not... Pulling teeth out. Oh, good lord. Not squeezing your finger and have pus on the mirror. Well, the pus. Okay. Anyway, so here's what happens in the movie. A brief synopsis of this gross, gross tale of epic woe. It's funny because this one actually, like, compared to some of the movies we've done recently, this one's pretty easy to do a synopsis of. Right. Right? So He turns into a fly. Yeah. (laughs) Like... So this reporter meets this mad mad scientist at a party or whatever, right? Yeah. And then That's like the first scene, which I, apparently uh-huh. I haven't seen the first scene in a while. Like, oh, really? You, I mean, I saw the movie like once or twice, like yeah. from beginning to end, but that was early on. Uh-huh. And then when I've seen it recently, it's always been on TV. Oh, okay. And of course, when things are on TV, you always catch it like either middle at the end, or you basically. know, at the end, yeah. yeah. So you see like maybe an hour out of the hour and a half movie, uh-huh. but. Yeah, they just, it just, it kind of just throws you in there, you know. Oh, yeah, it clips right along. Like, it just, like, yeah, just, just like, look, come progresses back to my place very quick, and yeah. Gonna, and, so and, he, he decides to woo her, and his, basically, the thing that he says is, oh, well, like, come back to my place, and I could show you, like, something that, you know, will be a really big scoop. And so she goes back to his place, and he shows her his telepods. So he does teleportation um, I almost said magic, um, science, and um, he's created teleportation devices. But um, the, the problem is he can only teleport inanimate objects 
for now. Yes. So she wants to go report this back, and her editor, who's also her ex-boyfriend, who's a fucking creep. Weirdo. Yeah. Um, creep. He thinks that it's just a hoax. And so then she tries to prove to him that it's not a hoax, and then basically he ends up, the mad scientist, uh, played by Jeff Goldblum, um, ends up cracking the code thanks to their amazing sex or something. It inspires him <laughs> to crack the code. Um, and he is able to uh, transfer genetic material, living things, and he... Um, I'm sorry, just, just before we go on, let me mm-hmm. let me interject real quick because I, I know the thought will be lost uh, with me. But do you think that this is just almost kind of a, a literary or story element that is easy to use and is just kind of interjected into the story just to kind of like propel it? Um, and what I'm speaking of is like the, I mean, for better or worse, the woman that's coming into the man's life, kind of showing them love, showing them affection, showing them, you know, at the, in this case, you know, kind of uh, sexual affection or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that makes them have that eureka moment or whatever, because I feel like that is shown so much yeah. in, 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 in film history is that the guy's got to fall in love. The guy's got to, you know, to crassly say, get laid, you know, yeah. to, to only have this revelation in their mind. And, and in the fly, this has happened. Um, so your question was, is that lazy? Well, I mean, that. And also, I mean, like, is, is I mean, is, is it something that, you know, that you agree with that like you know is or or not necessarily agree with but at least recognize and like in like film history that this 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 usually again for better or worse um this this guy needs this woman in in, mm-hmm. in his life to really shake him out of his funk i'm sure that um like yeah i have noticed that and i'm sure that there is somewhere there's some sort of feminist think piece on why that's problematic but i'm kind of drawing blanks right now uh, well, but i think the 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 issue maybe with that is that I don't know, that, like, her only value is, like, their sexual relationship or something, maybe. If you were to kind of hone in on, like, why exactly, like, may I guess maybe male writers, because, I mean, this was a very, yeah. I mean, especially in, 80s, in the 80s, in the 1980s, yeah. you know, very, very male-driven stories, movies, directors, actors, what have you. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, do you think that this is more systemic, or do you think this is just maybe surface kind of... BS, or do you think that there's some truth to it that you do need another person in your life? You do need kind of an opposite. You do need some sort of thing that that you know lifts you from your funk. I don't know. I think that's a really good question, but I'm having trouble with it. I guess because like on the one hand, yeah, if you think about it, like any sort of change in your life. So in this case, it would be a new relationship, mm. right? Can, you know, kind so they of rushed into very well, much. <laughs> they did definitely rush into it. Oh, I was rolling my eyes, but you know, any sort of sudden change in your life can absolutely like kind of jog things and mix things around. And I think inspire you to, to make other changes or realize things that maybe you didn't before by having this new thing in your life. So I think that that's super plausible to be like, yeah, mm. having this new relationship has inspired him to do, you know, this and, and come up with this answer and whatever. So I think that that's super plausible, but I think that there probably is something to be said of the fact that the trope is guy, guy has problem, guy meets woman, they have sex. Now he can fix the problem now that they've had sex, you know, like, so like, I don't know, somehow like she has to complete him and be his muse or something. But I'm honestly like, 
Like, I think that that's more maybe just, like, laziness, yeah, maybe, you know? Bit. or And maybe they can use that. They can probably use that, it, but it, then not... But maybe they could have done it better, it's, you it's, know? It's, it's, a, it's a bit transparent, but um, to in defense or to, you know, further the story with, with The Fly is that, uh, you know, Gina Davis... I almost feel like she was the protagonist. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she was the, almost more of a focus yeah. than Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah. You know, she was she was the journalist. Yeah, she was the one that was dealing with the creepy yeah. ex boyfriend. Yeah. you know, and then juggling both of them and and really trying. I mean, she was the one with the steady head through through all of so, this. So so here's what happens to finish it off. So they meet, they start dating. He figures out how to do genetic stuff. And one night when she goes off to deal with some ex boyfriend drama, he gets jealous and thinks that they're hooking up still so he gets drunk and is like well i'm just gonna go teleport myself even though it's only been tested on a baboon so far so he decides to teleport himself little does he know a fly gets in the telepod with him and basically the fly and him have been um mutated together on a molecular level um, and that's when we start seeing some strange changes take place now throughout the rest of the movie he basically turns into a creepy fly monster and she like has to just break up with him over it more or less and like and then has to come to terms with that because she's super heartbroken about it and she wants to be with him but she can't be with him and he's dying and then he's being weird and so the whole climax of the movie comes when you find out she's pregnant he finds out he's pregnant. She wants to get rid of the baby because she's afraid that it's going to be a mutated monster and um, just like him. And so um, he decides to solve that problem by having her and him and her unborn child that's inside of her uh, mutate into one so supreme being car. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and then that turns into a slightly violent showdown and then she like kills him and puts him out of his misery in the end. So um, that's after, what happens. After a lot of gory makeup driven, oh just blood and pus yeah. and mucus and everything that you love. Ugh. So I think that with this, I think what they were trying to do was show Gina Davis's character, like having a like, extreme internal struggle of watching the person that you love turn into a terrible monster and being powerless to stop it or mm-hmm. something but it actually just kind of fell really flat and was super cheesy yeah i mean <laughs> uh, uh, and see i mean that that's that's such a perfect example of of even where my mind's at and how my mind races when i see type of crap like this I yeah mean, it's, it's it's yes it is and even right when the movie end what was one of my first comments is like why did they make that creepy ex-boyfriend right. to be like i'm coming in with a gun and although my leg was melted off and my hand was melted off i'm still gonna be, so, be the, the hero uh-huh. you know that saves the day and yeah. gives gina davis the gun and i think that's i i i really want to for my own selfish pleasure like dismiss that but mm-hmm. you know, from what you just said, I mean, it, it is it is so funny how movies and not to sound too pretentious, but art in general mm-hmm. can be so uh, manipulated in adhering to what a person wants to see yeah. and wants to hear and wants to feel. You know, because I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm sure this movie. Uh, you know, oddly enough, I mean, let's just let's just take a feminist lens on this. Sure. Let, let's look at this movie through a feminist lens. 
you can either be really, really pissed off about this movie or you can really just admire this movie, I feel like, through a feminist lens because That's true. Gina Davis, I feel like, in my mind, was the protagonist. Yeah. She had to deal with so much that, you know, a woman goes through. I mean, yeah. you even had you even had touched on, like, an abortion. And, yeah, like, she had to go get an abortion and it was, like, this big thing. And, and, and I mean, you had, you, I mean, his, her, the creepy ex-boyfriend was the editor, was the boss. Yeah. You know, and then, and then she had kind of this romantic kind of, like, you know, oh, let me go, I mean, with the, the the intellectual kind of sensitive person or mm-hmm. something like that, and then you know she and and she was ultimately the one that you know delivered the the final punch at the end. Um, but then you can also be mad that you know she, she was just kind of you know a pawn to be played. She you was know, in, 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 because I mean uh, you know it's it's so it's a, it's a little bit on that sense. Um, I think that that maybe was just like I think that in the script and the way it was written probably came off well as like her being this feminist hero. But I think that the way it was acted and the way it was directed is why that that fell flat because there was a lot of times where the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, sorry, was, whose name was Stathis. What fucking name is that? what, What country do you come from, bro? Fucking Norway or some shit. Like, well, anyway, so he um he was being a creep, and she would just be like, "Oh, fuck off," and kind of like give him this know. look, you he, know. He was and like, in hit her apartment, yeah. taking a shower, yeah. And she's just like, "Oh my god, maybe I should change the locks, but maybe not." You yeah. Know? So and but I think that like if that would have been acted differently and maybe directed differently, it could have come off better as like, I think, I think more shade needs to be on David Cronenberg than Gina Davis. Because yeah. I think, I think honestly it's so, it's so bizarre because I love Gina Davis so much. Okay. Uh, not only because, um, she was basically a sex icon in the eighties, but, um, she's almost like a, an equivalent of Emily Ratajkowski. What? Uh, This one model who will get naked for a nickel. Okay. Um, um, But she was in Gone Girl. Um, Uh. Anyway, I'll I'll show you a picture of... uh, She's basically perfect. Um, Anyway, um, but she, she... You know, you wonder how much thought was in this movie. Um, You know, what was... Was there any underlying decisions or any underlying meanings to cast Gina Davis as this? You know, what was, you know, was, was it just the sex appeal? Was it her? Because I agree with you. I mean, the way it was delivered as far as her acting, it was very just kind of like, oh God, oh, like, oh, maybe, yeah. you're, you know, yeah, my ex-boyfriend's here, but I'm blah. It was just and, all really flat. Like she was just yeah. saying her lines where right. she could have been this badass intellectual, you know, oh, yeah. journalist woman who stands up for herself and like knows what she wants and whatever. But instead she just like, she just would say her lines and now, then that on. was I mean, it. it w- w- I mean, if you were to take this into context, 1986. Okay. I mean, I mean, do you think that that still fell flat in 1986? I have I a mean, feeling I mean, now that... in, in 2018, obviously, yes. Well, I have a feeling, despite my limited knowledge of movies, that there's other movies in 1986 that show badass intellectual women not like that. Like, in a way that actually works. I'm thinking about it. I'm sure there's there's got to be. Like, I, I don't know, but I'm sure I could do some sort of cursory Google search and find something to prove my point. But for Gina Davis, not, not to just be so, like, you know, contradictory or whatever. I mean, Gina Davis basically told her ex-boyfriend as a key to her house and is who her, and her boss and editor that he's a creep and basically fuck off. But plenty you know, of people do deal. that in movies. In 1986, though. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'd okay. be willing to put money on that. Okay. All for right. sure. Listeners, 
Back me up, please. Well, no, let's, I mean, I, I would like to see it too, because I'm, I'm not an expert on yeah. 1980s movies. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert on mid to late 90s to today movies, because yeah. that's when I, where I grew up. And yeah. I mean, very few, I mean, unless they're pop culture 80s movies, that's yeah. that's the movies that I know. Hmm. So, I mean, um, you know, Princess Leia telling Han Solo to back the fuck off, you know, well, hey, there you go. There you go. And, and Gina Davis telling her creepy ex, you know, boyfriend editor to fuck off, you know, hey, there you go. Let's talk, okay, so we got some negatives in there. We didn't like the acting too much. We thought that the character development clipped along way too fast. Mostly because, negatives. Yeah, so they met each other, and then they had sex like two seconds later, and then... You're really cute. Like, tug on your tie. Gross. And then the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend was like super annoying and terrible. Um, let's talk positives about this movie can we find any yes we can first of all um howard shore which what did you call him the beginning of the movie mr shore Mm, (laughs) you liked my show of deference to the movie composer mr shore Shore can do no wrong um okay so obviously the music was brilliant the music was really good Uh uh-huh it's howard shore yeah i mean of course i could i I could film a dog squeezing out just a, a oh, multicolored turd. Please, I just had to watch the fly, which is basically that, <laughs> um, and then have Howard Shore score it, and it would still be it a, would be a Sundance a film. work of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, but okay, so so let me say, I mean, because I feel like I've maybe touched on little positive notes in regards to like feminism or well, know, I have a big one. Gina Davis is oh, well, I guess not feminism. It wasn't well, feminism not. I mean, related. I was I was I already touched on it. I was going to do okay. another point, but you shoot first. Sure. Well, my point was the makeup effects. Oh, that's course, the big obvious course, one. The, and didn't you? I thought you said that it won an award for that too, or no? I, or was it like pioneering techniques I or something? I think I said I would be surprised if. Oh, uh, okay. Win an well, award. the makeup effects were really good, especially for oh, 1986. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, where these days everything is CGI, Which is and back in the old timey, old timey days of 1986, right. they, they didn't couldn't do that. Yeah, and so they had to just hand do all of the effects, Which, and it's more realistic. Be the case, yes. No. It, uh-huh. uh, again. Uh, uh, t- Speaking of Howard Shore and uh, a little trilogy that he scored, which was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, all the orcs, all the yurkai, you know, were were makeup. Yeah. And then you look at The Hobbit and, you know, I mean, they were all CGI and nobody liked that crap. Not a big fan of CGI. It It was terrible. So yeah, stick so, stick with what works, and, you yeah. know, which is well, which and is they makeup. had to they had to work with what they had, and they there was a lot of artistry behind it, and a lot of like ingenuity, um, you know, involved in coming up with these looks and, and everything, and because it, it, just, also, it ended up looking really good. It, it was, was really also believable functionality. Because, yeah, because I mean, not only functionality on two two planes. Okay, which is when Jeff Goldblum was at like actually in the makeup. Yeah. They had to make it like he had to always yeah like, like he do, had this do like the head like twitch or whatever yeah he had like and a little like, head you know, twitch and always like he was uh, like walking on canes and like, yeah they had to like make that so that yeah. it wouldn't crumble on yeah him. it wouldn't fall apart yeah and, and and I mean you you acted in a certain movie I forget what the name was Me and too. who the director was and who your counterpart was but um, certain certain short film you, that you, we you haven't heard about. about it and apparently from what you've said it's an amazing film but it should be pretty good um but 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 i mean they had to do those scenes 
a number of times. Yes. So it's not just like, okay, let's just put this guy in some plastic building. Right, right. I mean, no. So he had to wear all that makeup. You do this like, like 10, 15 times. And then makeup times. had to look good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, and then and he had to be sustainable. Yeah. And like, you know, and yeah. like that. But then also at the and very end, it. you know, when like everything melted off of him and he had the big, like literal yeah. fly eyes yeah. and like the little tube. Ugh. It, it moved. Everything yeah. moved. I so, mean, and that's was, all like, you know, C- or not CGI, sorry, like, like puppetry mechanics. and stuff. I yeah. Mean, just, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, you need puppetry, you need mechanics, yeah. you need makeup. Just amazing. And you don't it was see so that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what movie in the past five, even ten years has utilized on, on, on that type of I have no idea. Artwork? And, yeah. And, and I mean, you see this now, and you you probably would be like, "Oh, that's so like dated, or it's so '80s, or whatever." Mm-hmm. But did it? Did you not like cover your eyes? Oh, I did oh, absolutely no. because it was makeup. It was yeah. real. Sh- it, it was, was like super nasty. Yeah, and I bet if it was CGI, I probably would have been able to stomach no, it better. Like, oh, like what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, like I mean, maybe I say that now, but I don't know. But yeah, I did. I was you know kind of like peeking through my hands at some points because yeah. I was just so grossed out. Yeah by it um for sure so that was another good positive point um well okay so i i guess i i care i know i just spoke a lot but um, no sure let's hear it but um another thing is that this was a remake off of a 1958 film right um this movie is 32 years old yeah um and i i really do think as if uh, you know, as, as as far as like a mad scientist, as as far as like a horror film, um, you know, uh, t- type deal, this could easily be remade, um, which is odd because so many of these '80s horror films have been remade. Yeah, the thing has been remade. Yeah, which the 1980s one with Kurt Russell was amazing. John Carpenter, um, the um, Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. All these 80s slasher horror movies have been remade. Yeah. And they have just been attempted cash cows for whatever production company or distribution company that has signed off on them. Uh Uh-huh. But never has The Fly, you know, been remade. And I feel like maybe it's the lost one that could possibly be made into something substantial something mm-hmm. something a little decent um and i don't know if they'll do that but but and there there was there was sequels to the fly there there was like, oh yeah it was like mm-hmm. fly too, but they all came out in the 80s or 90s yeah. or early early 90s or whatever but you know this is this is one of the very few class uh, quote-unquote classic you know makeup driven gory horror films in the 80s that have have not been remade and I, I, I would hope that, you know, if it does get remade, it, it doesn't get just completely uh, butchered. Well, it definitely had the, the nostalgic feel of an 80s horror flick, you know, with the, a classical monster flick, basically. And yeah. um, I could imagine watching it, like, at, like at the drive-in. Like, that was the thought that popped oh, into yeah. my head. I know that sounds so stupid, but, like... Oh, but I would... I would, like, I, I would fa- I fantasize yeah. about that. I like, I can totally imagine. Fantasize like, definitely sitting in your car watching that oh. at the drive-in. Like, absolutely. I can see and that happening. I don't know if I've made this known on my... on, my, on, on the podcast, but, like, mm-hmm. if I had to pick one generation in which I lived my 20s in... Mm-hmm. Oh, be the 80s like hands down the 80s <laughs> i mean just all the movies and the pop culture and the fucking uh, you know just just music and mo- I, I mean again I, I i 80s would be totally where it's at 
So we got the the feminism, we got the makeup, we got the score. Was there anything else positive? Because I seriously can't think of anything. I'm like racking my brain right now about this. Um, God, it's funny how I wanted this movie to be over with and done and over. The baboon was cute. <gasps> anyway, should we move on to our ratings? How many flies? Yeah, like how house many, flies, how many candy bars. Oh, yeah, he was eating candy bars. He had intense sugar cravings. He did. Or how many... uh, You know what? I'm Gina Davis. I love Gina Davis. How many Gina Davis? No, I think we're just going to go with flies. (laughs) Okay, how many many, many flies? How many flies? um, No, okay, let's go with flies. Okay. How many flies would you give the fly? Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? You know what? I feel like I usually go first. Maybe... I don't no, know. we kind of mix it up we every do time. We kind of mix it up. Yeah. So, but I would like to, I'm interested on what you would say. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. So, how many flies would I give it? Well, obviously you didn't like it. The makeup effects, <laughs> the makeup effects were very convincing. And so for that, I will give this movie a two out of ten flies. For the makeup? Yeah, fuck uh, this fucking movie. I oh. am sad that I spent time watching it. I'm sorry. I really oh. didn't like it. I will never watch it again. Oh, it's harsh. I am aware. It is very harsh. I told you I you don't. You picked it. I told you I don't like scary movies. Okay. How many great, awesome movies? Okay. You should have picked Rosemary's Baby for fuck's sake. Anyway, what are your ratings? Um. Okay. So the fly is not the best of movies, and that's why I'm pissed off that you chose it, and uh, I wanted you to choose Rosemary's Baby. But then again, it's my own fault that I chose uh, the fly. So, um, yeah, I'd give The Fly not that great of ratings, um, just simply because, you know, whatever, you know, it's, 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 it really is not that great. I was, I was ready for it to be over. Um, there are far better horror films and I probably dropped the ball on adding it to the list. So, um, I, yeah, this is a dud. Yeah. Not, not that great. So what's your rating? Uh, five flies out of five. Ten, yeah. You're giving it a lot of credit. I know, probably. <laughs> but well, I think that this goes down as like the second ever movie that I've watched for for the show. This goes down as the second ever movie that I've ever watched movie. ever. No, um, the second movie I've watched for the show that I, that we both haven't liked. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, I feel like I've liked all of them. Beauty and the Beast was the other one. Yeah. Um, and, and the fly. And so for that, I think, I think I at, at this time, I just don't like it because there were other, better you were grumpy that, that I picked it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was grumpy. I picked it and I grumpy, grumpy. I put it on the list. So anyway, so the fly, I think we could put it into our official. I feel like now that we have two movies that we don't like, we have an official hall of shame. Yes. So the fly is going into With the hall of shame. Beast. What? With Blueberry Beast. Blueberry Beast? Is that not what it's called? Beauty and the Beast? Oh, shit. We might need to re-edit that one episode because I've been calling it Blueberry and the Beast. Anyway, so... It's Belle and she wears that blue apron. It's Blueberry and the Beast. Excuse me. (laughs) What? So we have an official Hall of Shame, I think, with Beauty and the Beast and the Fly. Yes, yes, yes. So, um... I think that's going to do it for us, huh? I think so. Okay. Yeah, hey. Yeah, we did it. First episode on the Blueberry Yeti. We got our new microphone. Woo! OMG. And uh, first episode on the, the, the network, too. Yeah. Speak. 
Absolutely. So yeah, so big thanks to the Scavengers Network for having us on the show. Um, big thanks to all of our uh, subscribers. Um, and if you like the show, please tell a friend. Don't forget to go on iTunes and give us a, a star rating. It takes about two seconds. Um, if you feel so inclined, write a, a sentence or two um, about us. Give us a, a review. Um, you know, and uh, and thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, that's it, other, right? All the other social media <laughs> stuff. But yes, that yeah, is, that is pretty sure that's it. That is right. Uh, listen to uh, our episode, uh, the fly episode, the clue episode, the whatever episode. Um, yeah, give us some love. All right. Well, uh, that's been it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am your host, Morgan Spatola. And I'm your co-host, Thomas Jernigan. Thank you so much, and that's a wrap.